And we're back on again on our Beyond the Bite episode number four now. We've got a, a guest from USA today. She's named Ari, um, and she's willing to share her story with us. We've got Sat as well. Uh, Sat, Hello. you there? Hi, guys. I don't. I don't know. I should say hi. Whether no, it's this is a, right this after is you introduced I mean, her. Okay, that's all good. So Ari has a, you know, we had a little bit of a brief chat before, you know, we started and, uh, you know, she has unfortunately a, a very long history of suffering and, uh, you know, she hits the TMD bingo of like <laughs> symptoms and treatments. So um, without further ado, I think we can let Ari start. Sure. Um, okay. I'm going to try to keep this story straight, but it might be all over the place, kind of like my jaw. But um, I got braces when I was 18 and up until that point, I'd been told that I didn't need them. But uh, then one orthodontist said that um, I was going to lose two incisors prematurely if I didn't get braces because I had a crossbite. And my crossbite was to the point where I didn't even know what a crossbite was. So you and had like no symptoms beforehand, right? Like you, were, you had no impact on the quality of your life. Absolutely none. I was in the top percent of my class. I played mm -hmm. tennis and soccer. I was the lead in the play. My nickname was Giggles. I was friends <laughs> with everyone. Like, um, I was the one that made everyone happy and mm -hmm. everyone laugh. Like, that's the kind of person that I was. And then it just became the complete opposite. Um, what about aesthetically? I mean, did you have any issues like how how it looked? Like your teeth. Um, I just had gaps in my upper six teeth and that was just because my upper teeth were kind of small. So really, if that was a concern for me, I, they should have just been cosmetically, you know, bonded. Mm -hmm. But um, it, I did not need braces and my teeth were all locked in. Bite was fine. I'd never had a click in my life or a headache or um, nothing, no problems at all. And there's no like... A uh, massive overbite or underbite, you know, right? None of that, right? No, it was just okay. a very slight crossbite to the point where it was, I think, just like one canine on the left, and that's mm -hmm. it. Um, but I didn't know. I didn't. Yeah, like I said, I didn't know what a crossbite was, and then he was like, "Oh my god, it's a crossbite!" And you know how they just like, and you're you're 18, and you're, they tell you you're gonna lose two teeth. Uh, yeah, of course. You're just like, oh, and then they told me it would be like six months to a year. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, that's not so bad. But I did in my gut. I, I remember looking in the mirror and being like, what is he talking about? My teeth aren't that bad. Mm -hmm. And like every once in a while, I'd be like, I'd look at my friends and be like, are my teeth that bad? <laughs> like <laughs> it was it was kind of like, I think I think they're, you know, they're exaggerating things a bit. And I remember my spacer falling out and being like, kid, it's not too late. You can back out. And I was like, is this a sign? And even in, in the last moment when they put the braces on, as he was putting them on, he was like, I've never put braces on such straight teeth before. Wow. And, I, <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, it's not too late. <laughs> you mm -hmm. can still say you don't want them. But then I thought that was just fear, you know? Mm -hmm. I was like, what's six months to a year? Everyone I know has had braces. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. I just, uh, I never had heard of TM. I didn't even, I called my jaw my jaw. I didn't even know what it was, you know? I didn't. Uh, so, so this is in the beginning of college. So 
um, once the teeth were retracted, my upper teeth, and then the lower were ever so slightly overlapped. Um, it wasn't crowding by any means or anything like that. But even that little bit that that was, you know, straightened out and, and then the top was retracted, I was coming down edge to edge and then I was retracting my lower jaw back and to the left. Somehow they had just like misaligned everything. And I couldn't close my mouth anymore. And I remember I went in one day and I said, I, you know, I can't close my mouth anymore. And I was yelled at and told that I was disrespecting him. And wow. then his father was an orthodontist. And, and I just remember thinking, what does that have to do with my situation right now? That, you know, like, because your father was an yeah. orthodontist. I was going to say. <laughs> what does that have to do with the pain that I'm in? And then he yeah. took me to the ba a back room and close the door you know how like uh, most of them have that open floor with a bunch of chairs mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. He, yeah he yells at me there and then he takes me to a back room and he says i can't take your bike back to where it was two years ago how about uh an expander which would have been great but next time i showed up there was no expander he just ended up filing a bunch of my teeth even the uppers oh my god even yeah. the uppers, which had gaps to begin with, which yeah. is like, why is this happening? And I remember like, I didn't give any consent. I didn't, but you're, I'm still, I'm pretty much a kid still in this, you know, like someone's hovering over you with a drill without any warning. Yeah. And then, um, so if you could just elaborate a little bit more, like what exactly the, uh, because I think I have had it done, so I know what you're talking about, but people, you know, sometimes they don't understand that. So is this the one with the, the articulating paper and they, uh, you know, ground down the, the surface or the uh, or the sides of the teeth. Oh, this was IPR. So this was in between. Okay, okay this is IPR. Yeah. Um, so which is, and... a, just to let our listeners know, that's something that they do when there's a, the teeth is crowded. So they use a, a, a small drill and drill between the gaps of the teeth so that it creates like more space to close up the teeth. Actually, it's very commonly done in Invisalign as well. Right. And the thing is, this was like a latch last ditch effort to like shove my lower teeth back because mm -hmm. they had retracted my upper so much. Um, mm -hmm. But but he also filed the upper and was like, let me just wow. rotate this tooth also, which was like not making any sense because it was like if you were going to rotate that tooth, you had plenty of space before when I had gaps. Um, so it was clear that from the start, he didn't know what he was doing. And so in between all of this, the symptoms that I started having were muscle spasms all over my face to the point where professors mm -hmm. could see and would send me home. Like, mm -hmm. um, and I was a straight A student. And um, so it was, and I was still kind of like hanging on for dear life, but I knew that my life as I knew it had ended. Like that's how it felt. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know how bleak we can get, but the pain was so bad that I went in my room and in my journal, I just remember writing that the only milestone left for me in life now is death. That's how wow. much pain I was in. Um, I got, I developed really bad tinnitus to the point where it was like one side was, um, just like a, a beat and the other was like a siren mm. it was two different sounds and then I would get this vacuum that would feel like it was just went through my skull and I would lose hearing for a while so I remember the first time I went deaf for about like 40 minutes in my right ear and then um so insomnia 
Uh, and I was the kind of kid that like, I, I just want to interrupt I, you for one sure, second. Sure, sure. Because um, you were talking about the, the muscles, right? This is something that right. I've experienced myself and I, apparently it's quite common. And this is the reason that a lot of, you know, they prescribe muscle relaxants, you know, because the muscles of the face gets very tight, very painful. Now, did you have any uh, experience of the tongue kind of falling off the roof of the mouth? Because, you know, it's naturally supposed to be your tongue, like according to myofunctional therapy, your tongue is supposed to be on the roof of your mouth. But a lot of people that experience when they reduce the arches, you know, when they take out teeth or in your case, just making it much smaller, the tongue starts to feel uncomfortable, you know, and that contributes actually to the muscular problem. Like, did you notice any of that? Like, I thought I was going mad because I thought my tongue had gotten bigger. Oh, right. Do you know what okay. I mean? Yeah. I like hadn't, but uh, I knew that my jaw, I knew that the muscle spasms in my face and the joint pain was from the braces, mm -hmm. but I didn't understand yet what was happening with my tongue because I didn't know how badly they had narrowed the arches. Yeah. I didn't, mm -hmm. you know, like I, and that, and I didn't know that until the second, um, I guess I'll get that get, get there later. Um, but so oh, so in between, I was also given the elastics. I was wearing them on my upper molars down to my canines, and that just made things even worse. Um, so I just want to ask this. So initially, it all began just to fix that that crossbite, right? Right. Just just out of the but, fear of of losing then, the two. But teeth. then, as you were going forward with it, what was the like? Was there any explanation from from this so called orthodontist? Uh, why is he doing all these other things now? Like, no. Absolutely no. none. There was no accountability. There was no, actually the day he took off the braces, he said, I'm happy for you. <laughs> right. Wow. <laughs> the passive aggressive. Yeah. Right. It was, um, yeah, it was not, it was pretty traumatic. So, so in, in between I'm telling people, and I even did go see another orthodontist and she said, your teeth look straight. Do you have any other problems? So it was like, no, and this is 20 years ago, so I don't know, TMJ, how much uh, was... Of course, yeah. yeah. You know, Back then, there was no uh, you know, right. active internet or Facebook right. groups. So yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have any way of standing up for myself other than being like, excuse me, I think these braces are causing a problem. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so that orthodontist that I went to was like, your teeth look fine do you have any other problems like everything was they were just making it a psychological issue which i kept being like uh, and i remember at one point i oh i graduated a year early because i knew that there was no way i would be able to last for another year so i crammed yeah. two years into one and i'm still doing really well and i think i was taking eight classes at one point and I got like seven A's, some combination of A's and A minuses. And then the last class, because nobody was helping and listening, um, I just ditched the final paper, which was our only grade. And I got an F. And I was like, okay, maybe somebody will help me now. Mm. And all they did was give me a bottle of Zoloft. And any physical symptom that I would bring up was just depression. It was always taken yeah. back to depression. And I was like, but do you want to even like what what happened that I would have suddenly depression? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Can you give me an event or some sort of thing that would suddenly give me depression? 
when but the... by now had you kind of at least kind of isolated it to i mean i know that you you understood it was from the braces but were you able to like did you have symptoms of like clicking popping anything to be like maybe it's the jaw like the um, joint i i hadn't had the clicking yet my conjoles were just like shoved all the way back right you know into but i hadn't had a click yet because there hadn't even been a release and those rubber bands were just kind of keeping uh the pressure on those conjoles there mm. um but so they yeah so they handed me the zoloft and even worse was like i remember the psychiatrist was like you're my favorite patient you're so funny all the others come in and they're so like depressed and their heads are hanging down. And then you come in and I'm so excited. And I just remember thinking like, are you serious? Yeah. Those I'm glad are I could amuse you. Right. Like those are people you're supposed to help. And now I have the added pressure of making my psychiatrist happy. Psychiatrist I don't even need, but the day she gave me a bottle of Zoloft within like 15 minutes the first day. And I just held it and I walked out and she did, said, did you might want to put that in, in your bag. Way? So I'm also supposed to be ashamed of the depression that I don't actually have. But right. had I had it, I'm also supposed to be mm. ashamed of it, which is like I'm also supposed to hide it. And that I'm I um I really pretended to be myself still for a long time, even though that self no longer existed. And that was that really was wearing away on me, too. Um, because I wasn't happy or bubbly anymore. I was in pain 24 seven, but I was still trying to be that same person. And I remember in one of my acting sure. classes, um, I was taking this acting class cause it was like the last thing I, I, I need to do now is retreat. Cause it was like, I, I just wanted to just die from the pain. So I just took an acting class and I was like, maybe this will, um, keep me somehow, you know, out there um versus all the political science and all those <laughs> classes that you know i had that my own sense of self was kind of meaningless in and i was taking psychiatry at the same time i was a psych minor i think i was one class short of being having the major so i knew exactly what the doctors like the psychiatrist and the therapist where they were headed and they it was such like a let's stick you in our checklist and give you a diagnosis but nobody was listening i think this is the thing that we all have in common right all of our stories it's that it just there's a black hole in, in in medical science when it comes to this problem that nobody really wants to take accountability for it you know especially because like dentistry is doesn't really come it's like a separate field of its own compared to normal medicine and so this problem is somewhere in between and like nobody wants to kind of take accountability for it. And when you go to the dentist, they always say it's like a dental thing. And they they almost like believe the teeth are floating without actually <laughs> that it's attached right. to the rest of your body. Just well, you signed the papers. You signed the papers, right, before you do any treatment that if anything, you know, there is no yeah. credibility on there. And it's very hard oh, yeah. to prove anything. So yeah. they totally cover themselves in that respect. And with the uh, studies that they've the studies and quotes that they've done, they've also covered themselves, which is like so disheartening when they just like we're evidence based. Um, I remember one oral facial pain specialist was like, well, you were going through puberty when you had braces and you're a girl. So hormonally, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why don't you ask me how old I was? Because I was 18. So the right. growth was done. And um, 
And she's like, well, I'm evidence-based. And I was like, I don't trust your evidence because I was gaslit. So I and, and, you know, at least thousands of others in Facebook groups that I've seen don't exist in the evidence. So, um, and the evidence, quite frankly, the, the only evidence that I would accept would be if you took many different classes of bites and you have imaging of the joint and the discs and some measure of muscular tension. And that's accounted for as the bite is shifting all the way through at each, you know, at each uh, tightening or whatever. And and then we can call that evidence. So were but, you ever, like, when was the first time that uh, you got some imaging done of the joints? Like, so you have like actual you know, the evidence that they claim is like it is actually, you know, damaged or it's I, out of the socket. So if the braces came off, I think I may have been 21 when they came off. And then the clicking started because now the rubber bands aren't there and the jaw suddenly, you know, has the ability, some sort of freedom. So then the clicking started and it was really violent and loud and painful but I was terrified of being touched by any I wouldn't go to any doctor anymore I was just absolutely terrified of being touched by anyone and then just the fact that I was so dehumanized by even the psychiatrists and you know like at no point did anybody say like oh why don't we send her to the oral facial pain clinic here on campus you know like that Mm-hmm. That's you you could have done that, but the you know, like I didn't know these things exist um but uh, they just kept putting it in my head, but so the clicking started, and it wasn't until so, oh, I could barely hold i I remember afterwards to pay my student loans off, I worked and I was like selling handbags at Nordstrom because I couldn't go to law school anymore i couldn't my whole life was just shot. And um, my friends would come in and their parents like, Ari, what are you doing here? And I remember going to the stock room. I would cry from pain. And then I'd have to come out and like, you know, oddly, I have to smile a lot being in customer Mm. service. So I'd have to smile and then go back in the stock room, cry, come back out. Um, Teachers would come in and see me. And it wasn't until I was 28 that I... I wasn't social anymore. I was, I remember not wanting to admit kind of to myself that I was no longer myself. So I was like, well, I didn't want to go to law school anyway. I want to be a writer. So like being alone in a room, suddenly I, I I decided that that had been my choice. Yeah. Does that make sense? It was like, absolutely. Yeah. It was too much to handle that. And you know, I think like, it's our subcon- subconscious, like trying to protect us, you know, right. that, um, and I, I completely understand what, you know, because I was like, my college story is very similar to yours. Actually, it was like, as the, as the years went by, I could tell as I got worse that it's not going to end well, you know, like a lot of initial aspirations that I had were, but then, like you said, subconsciously, you tell yourself like, oh, that's not what I wanted in the first place, because that, you know, you didn't want to accept that, like something externally has stopped you from achieving your goals. Right, right. So I just was like, we well, you know I wanted to write anyway, and I was a decent writer and like my screenwriting and my classmate had fared well. So I was like, well, if I just write three pages a day, 40 days, I'll have a script. You know, I just kept trying to find all these things of like that my body could do and my mind could still do um, and being like, well, that I wanted to do them anyway. So um could but, I just ask you? Could I just ask you? Sorry to interrupt. Uh, 
halfway through the sentence, but no, could you ahead. just give us a brief summary of the symptoms that you've developed? I know you've touched on some of them already, but if you can just give us a brief summary, like physically, for example, how was your neck at that point by the time this so-called treatment finished and how oh. was your emotional state, psychological state? I know you've touched on it already, but just a summary would be, would be, would be good. Sure. Um, Oh, so my neck was absolutely horrible. I mean, I think my shoulders were like up to my ears and I would black out. Um, mm. And uh, I didn't know why that was until I went to the chiropractor and I had a C1 and C2 subluxation. Right. Um, and um, so my neck was horrible. Uh, my every like I remember trying to play tennis again once. I couldn't even like hit straight like everything was just off or like going for a run i remember i think it was sot that talked about the pain in his groin but mm -hmm. i i had this like the same pain it was just kind of felt like i was completely off access access um and uh nothing like nothing i couldn't straighten anything out really right. um i felt off kilter like in my own body mm. Yeah, but um, I would so I'd go deaf. I think I talked about that the tinnitus that I had in both ears. Yeah, I got a lot of floaters also. Okay, um, yeah. yeah, a lot, a lot. Are these and floaters come and go, or are these like the constant permanent? They're ones? constant permanent. Constant. Yeah. Okay. Um, Did you have any other vision issues? Because usually, like for me, I, I I have floaters that come and go, but for me, it's like because the atlas and everything is twisted. I constantly yeah. feel like I see from one eye than the other. Like it's more, I feel twisted uh, all the time, the vision. I, I, there were times when my peripheral vision on one side would just like go out. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, but the floaters for me are, are constant. Um, they never went away. And when I, I also went to a neurologist and I was trying to explain that, of course, he basically laughed when I told him it's, I'm pretty sure it's from the braces and the TM. J disorder that and uh he sent me to check for tumors so i had to get another mri for tumors and it was like oh you don't have a tumor <laughs> i know i don't have a tumor <laughs> but um but there's just uh no, yeah the, it's the link that everyone is we're we're kind of we're I, it's the, the holistic approach that doesn't exist yeah but um if it were if they were to have to acknowledge it, you know, all of dentistry would have to rewrite itself. <laughs> sure. Um yeah, so I I withdrew from a lot of activities because the activities that I used to do because that way I wouldn't notice that I wasn't myself. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? So yeah. I I wouldn't play tennis or play soccer or socialize because if I didn't do those things, then my own absence wouldn't be so clear to me. Yeah. Um, you could just it's a it's it's trying to pretend to be like oh I'm still normal everything's going well sort of thing. Right, yeah. right. Um, but of course, as you get older too, and and then everyone is meeting those milestones. Uh, it it actually gets harder. I used to think it might get easier, but it gets harder because the pile of what could have been is getting, you yeah. know, yeah, it's just growing. Um, and I'm so, guessing you felt quite alone as well in the sense that nobody around you could really understand what you're going right, through. Right. Yeah. And I mean, a few times people were like, oh, teeth can't do that, you know? So it was like mm. hearing things like that or at least you don't have cancer. That was another one that I heard a lot in these 20 years, which is, I yeah. think, really disrespectful to both 
people who have cancer and to those that are suffering from chronic pain. Yeah, it's eerie because I've heard the same thing as well. And it's always people who don't have cancer, right? Even if it's someone right. from cancer. And I know someone who's had cancer and TMJ disorder oh, and and says that they they understand that the TMJs for them was, was actually worse because they it's kind of like a tunnel that is there a light or isn't. You know, with some other illnesses that I've had, let's say, you know, you try this and you try that and you'll either get better or you won't. But with this, it's just kind of, uh, (laughs) yeah, there is no solution like, which is straight out of a box. Uh, You you do this and, you know, hopefully it's going to get you to uh, being healthy again. Here it's like a massive puzzle if you're lucky and if you have money, then you can maybe get better, but there's no guarantee. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. And um, yeah, where were is there where were we had on? Uh, so I just wanted to ask you just uh, just on the symptoms. So in terms of like physical, I, I mean, you've you've mentioned some of them. What about uh, the pelvis and the shoulder level? Shoulder level were they affected? Was the body uh, affected in terms of asymmetries? Or yes, yes. And I went to a chiropractor directional non force technique. So it was like uh, with little pulses versus cracking Mm -hmm. and I remember one time she was working down on my feet and suddenly my jaw just snapped to the right and 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 she just went did you feel that and I was like how how does you know you're all the way down there I was like yeah my jaw just she's like yeah that was a big uh shift so she worked a lot on my lower back too especially I remember my lower back my discs were like in and to the right mm-hmm. they had they mm-hmm. had all everything was a mess and she would always ask do you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders and yeah. be like yeah i do was your <laughs> but, right um, shoulder level lower than your left or was it the um, other way around I, I can't i think it may have been i don't honestly i don't my neck yeah, it, my neck and everything shifts around so much Right. Yeah. That it's okay. you know, there's been times where one side is higher and then the other side because sure. sure. my jaw sure. literally just left to right is also. Yeah. So yeah. pretty much, Constantly. but this is actually very common, and I think a lot of us experience it. Is that like because the atlas is, which is C1, is connected to, like it's supposed. I don't know this. I've heard this though from uh, a specialist. Apparently, it's like a tripod, and so the last point of contact to keep your C1 stable is your bite. So when you don't have that. The atlas is constantly being shifted around, so which in turn is why your shoulders go left and right. You know they go higher, lower, and it's it's like constantly in motion. Mm. Right, and I and I actually do remember reading once that the with, with C one and C two, it's called the suicide combo, which was like I was like, oh okay, great. Uh, but, um, and I also got acupuncture at the same time with the same woman who's a family friend, bless her, and. Um, I remember, like, I also lost, I don't know about you guys, but I felt kind of energetically beheaded. So, like, I felt like I was just dragging this body along with me. But it had not, there's not much life in it. (laughs) Mm. My, I wasn't as animated as I was physically either, like, even with my hands. Um, But I couldn't feel, and I remember I told the neurologist, I was like, I can't feel like I used to. And all he did was like a, a test of like, is this hot or cold? Um, and I was like, I can tell you that. But what I'm saying is that it doesn't do anything. Like, 
like it should. I don't have that connection of like, if you touch something cold, the rest of your body, you know, mm-hmm. or like goosebumps. I didn't get goosebumps anymore. Everything was just kind of dead. And that didn't come back until, I guess, fascia or fascia, they say both. I think the my masseter was like so locked. But once that was released through physical therapy, which was very recently, um, a couple months ago, that's the first time in 20 years that I had feeling in my face again. Mm-hmm. Right. All right, just to come back to uh, like the chronological order. So you said you were 28 and you were... Um, you know, you, you were working at the uh, store and, uh, so did you so try anything else after that? Like I know I'd, did... I'd quit the store at that point And then I became like a, I moved to New York. I tried to like keep myself alive externally. Yeah. I moved to New York and was a v- video journalist for a while, but of course I was like struggling the entire time. And now I'm carrying, you know, ton of gear everywhere through the city and like insomnia still there. Everything's still there. Uh, I literally was just like holding my hand until morning, (laughs) my own hand, like you can make it, you can make it. Um, But so it wasn't until I was 28 when I was just like, yeah, I can't make it. (laughs) And that's when I went to a neuromuscular dentist first. Mm -hmm. Um, He just wanted money. Uh, That's all that was. He made me a splint he did some other therapies one had i i don't it was i don't remember exactly what it was but it, i had would have put on these big headphones i honestly can't remember what was even coming through them but um did you get and, uh, tensing because usually the protocol for something like that is that they relax the muscle with something called tens a tens machine which sends a small electrical like so he, pulse he pulse didn't pulse. he didn't even do that which okay. is like makes me really upset but he would just like feel the muscles in my hand and be like, oh my God. And then he would like adjust the splint. I don't even know on what basis he was really adjusting the splint. Okay. But um Was there at I, least articulating paper to see where you hit? Like <laughs> to see the marks and Um He did that after and then he did the occlusal adjustment on my right side. He just like filed down all the teeth on the right side, which was complete and then when he did that then afterwards later he was like i'm gonna have to move your teeth and i just remember wait so he was not he he was already working directly on your teeth though not the plastic he was actually already filing down your actual teeth uh after the splint didn't work okay so that was it was it a flat splint or was it an index splint or it was a flat one flat okay and then and then he filed the teeth and then he said, now I'm actually going to have to move your teeth, which is like what I, I could have told any. I remember I was walking around going, if they close these spaces and I'm doing this and it's probably from this and they need to expand, you know, like I was already pretty sure that that's what needed to happen. But my face was, my whole body was just a mess. Um, so I was desperate at that point, you know, so I was willing to try anything. Sure. Um but I am. I just remember being like, well, if my teeth are going to be moved, it's not going to be him um, because he wasn't even an orthodontist. Uh, not that, you know, the trained ones <laughs> know much better, but uh, I, w- I just wasn't willing, considering what he had done with the splint, to have him move my teeth. So that's when I went to a- another orthodontist and... Um, I think at this point I may have, when they put them on, I was either 29 or 30. I don't remember. 
And he said, well, this tooth is really bad and this one's really bad. I'm not really sure what to do, but your bite is really bad. And I've never seen a bite this bad before. And um, How I was your bite? Was it open bite on one side or? It, I, there, I can't even tell you. I was just caught. My, there was no. I wouldn't even know where to tell you where the jaw would go to tell you what the bite would be. Does that make sense? I mean, did it you have just, occlusion? Uh, not, not, no. I was just like hitting, I would move, hit one tooth, move, hit another tooth, move, hit another tooth. It was always wow. only one tooth somewhere. There was no bite. Right. Um, but was it predominantly in the front or like you were, where you had some contact in the molars as well? No, there, if the only contact was from my second molar that was just like so lowered that it was just like the tip of it was hitting. Right. Um, but there was no contact any anywhere. Um, and uh, so he said, I'll put them on. If you get worse, I take them off. And I won't charge you, obviously, for further, you know, work. Um, and that's why I was like, okay, let's try this. He seems like, a, a you know, an honest, decent guy. And... Um, so I'd also done physical therapy while I was getting the splint and, but at no point did she work on like my masseters or my face. Uh, she would go in from the inside and push against my two front teeth, but there was no, no work done on the muscles, which was interesting. Um, so I didn't even know that they're a problem yet because like they were never being addressed. Well, the muscles, the muscles are not the problem themselves. It's just they, they are responding as a, as a way to compensate for what's been happening with you prior. Right. But like, I had no clue that they had even been affected sure, sure. to that degree yet. So they were like, yeah. they were rock solid. Uh, I, I, um, I bet they were. <laughs> Master muscle, pterygoid muscles, all of them. Rock solid. And, I yeah. did, and that wasn't until three months ago when I did the physical therapy that the oral facial pain specialist sent me to. That's when those got released for the first time in 20 years. And I got mm. sensation back in my face. Mm. So even my arms and legs, and she said that they've now determined that the fascia is actually just one big lump. So she said, chances are because the masseter was locked in like that, that the feeling in the rest of my body that I was describing as having been dulled really came from that. So, and does that stick? Uh, um, you know that that relaxation that you have from the masseter release, or does it come go back it, to? It comes back because I'm. St- still you know because the bite is still off but Mm. but because now i know how to release it myself at the very least i can you know i can keep track of that from you know going rock hard again but so i tried the braces the second time and things were going well i was getting better the clicking was stopping um i had done my mri before that and i had anterior displacement of the disc um with um there was fluid build up too but the braces were helping and then i had these he had brought everything forward he was telling me everything he was doing as he was doing it he was a much gentler kinder man you know i was like rewriting the whole story and um i was working on these scripts and i was like you know maybe everything was meant to happen and everything's going to turn out okay and i still i remember being like you god you can have my 20s but give me my 30s back <laughs> and then i was like maybe i'll get my 30s 
And then, um, and then I, I go in one day and he said, we're all done now. And this took about three and a half years. And he said, I'm going to take them off today. How was your weekend? Uh, or how was your month? Whatever. And I had just been robbed at gunpoint and I had lost all my writing. Oh, wow. And when I told him that, he suddenly made an emotional decision to, I had these two massive gaps that I needed to have built in between, um, I think it was my, I think it was my first premolar and second premolar or, or my cuspid and my premolar, huge gaps, like you could fit two implants in there. Um, so I was going, so he asked me when I last saw the dentist so they could build up the two teeth on either side. And I just seen the dentist. So then he was like, well, let me see if I can close these myself. I thought that meant he was going to try to bring the teeth, the back teeth forward. Um, And I trusted him at this point. So I remember he went to the cabinet, he opened the doors, closed it. Should I, shouldn't I, your jaw is better. And he took the risk and he gave me rubber bands. And I said, I can't wear those because my jaw, they hurt. And he's like, well, it's the only way I can bring teeth forward. How about you wear it on your first molar instead of your second? And then I did and the pain wasn't there in the jaw. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe I can do this. And he's like, just an hour a day. I was like, okay. Eventually that sent me right back. Into... So he was trying to bring the back teeth forward, but That's... then... But then what? the anchor was the molar. So wouldn't the front teeth move back though? Aren't yes. the molar stronger yes. than the other teeth? Yes. So the front teeth ended up moving back. So yeah. I was sent right back. Pushing I'm you curious even. That because yeah. this information actually was told to me by, by orthodontists that the strongest teeth are the back molars. So if you anchor two points, the molars are not going to give. It's the other teeth that's going to move in the direction of the molar. Right. And that's what happened. So. I was left. So I started having you. I know saw you talked about fight or flight. So I've been, yeah, your body, my body's been in fight or flight 24 seven for 20 years. But, um, so I went back into like severe fight or flight at this point and I connected it to the robbery. So I basically gaslit myself this time. And so then he started having trouble with the teeth. Uh, where we had none before and he started adjusting them and this is he made more adjustments to the teeth where they were hitting instead of realizing that something had gone wrong with the placement itself i'm sorry was it just on one side the gaps were being closed or both sides both sides both sides okay so and i do remember at some point he was like well you don't have to wear it on this side anymore only wear a rubber band on this side and I, uh, so it was like, um, he it just, he was kind of finagling it towards the end and I wasn't going well and he was getting frustrated and then he started filing teeth. And I remember just being like, this doesn't seem right, but I just, I'd had such a pleasant experience with him. And I think I so desperately psychologically wanted to close this chapter that I just assumed that my symptoms were from the robbery and not. Yeah my my the braces itself and then 
eventually he just kept adjusting and I was having problems on one side. And then the next month I was having problems on the other side. And they said, well, let's just take them off now. And sometimes it settles itself. Let's see what happens. And then we'll put them back on if it, if it doesn't settle. So it didn't settle. And one night I woke up and my entire spine just went like a shotgun going off all the way to the top. And my jaw just snapped and it snapped out. And I was like, Oh God, like the same thing happened again. And I went back and he turned into like a completely different man. And he was like, um, I told you, you need surgery from the beginning. Rubber bands can't do that. As right. if like he had completely forgotten the story mm. and he made up all these things that he hadn't said. Was the order... surgery, was the surgery ever mentioned? No, never. no, okay. never mentioned in the beginning. Um, and then, so he refused to put them back on and do anything, which was a bummer because it was hard to find somebody who was that good. And we had gotten, like, gotten there together. He'd be like, where are you hitting now? You know, it was very, it was like very much teamwork. So it was, that was very disheartening. Um, and there was nothing I could do about it. So that's when I fell into a really bad I still don't like to use the word depression only because I think it um it dim it dismisses the pain that they've put you in. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And the because fact it, that like Because when you say that it takes away the cause, you know, and there's a direct right. cause to the problem and when you just say depression, which is of course horrible, but you take away the you know, the human aspect of it and what they did, you know? Right. And I do think that like I do depression obviously exists, you know, and it and for each person it's coming from a different reason. So I I don't like to just be like depression, but I fell into you know I I was just sitting laying in bed in pain <laughs> for about like nine months, and I was like I refuse to step foot on this earth until like. I know what I'm supposed to do next. I, what do I do now? You know? Um, so we have a family farm in Iran. Uh, I grew up here, but we would go there every other summer. And, um, I, my family over there was like, why don't you come here, spend some time with the horses, la, la, la. Um, so I went there and I went to orthodontists over there. Um, because I thought maybe somebody over there will listen. They won't be as stiff, possibly. <laughs> um, and I I was given a, a retainer with a spring behind it to push the four, four of my front teeth forward. So at least I wasn't edge to edge. Mm. And then um, that helped. But then I was coming down on the side teeth on the tips of my premolars. And I was coming down on my upper canines. So then I was given an expander with uh, springs behind the canines. Um, and that helped a little with the canine, but still uh, the bite in the back, it, I'm just coming down on those premolars. Um, so, How was your width by that point, the width uh, uh, between it, the molars? I, it didn't manage to, I wasn't able to keep it. It went back. Mm. it relapsed to where it had been after the first round. 
I mean, I assume you didn't you didn't wear like any retainers or anything because you were in a lot of trouble already, right? I did get a retainer and I did wear it, but okay. um, when the symptoms in my face and the muscles came back, it was obvious that this hadn't, you know, hadn't done the trick. Yeah. So that's when I went to the oral facial pain specialist a few months ago. Um, more than a few months ago. Gosh, I don't know if it's been close to a year, but um, and they were all against, you know, the uh, braces. Um, but I kind of pleaded my case, but it has been hard finding an orthodontist that's willing to help. Also, because my jaw is shifting around everywhere, it's like who knows where what you know yeah. <laughs> belongs at this point. And my most recent MRI was, I think, just if um, on the 11th, actually, I did it five days ago. And now the disc is actually, I have a posterior displacement. Just on one side? Both. Both sides. Yeah. So that's where I am now, and I'm currently... Yeah, once the disc is displaced, unfortunately, it starts moving around everywhere. You know, there's no actual, like, uh, like anterior probably... It, it can, in fact, actually, this can... It can pop back into place sometimes, and then it gets displaced again. This is also apparently something that happens. Right, right. And I'm... I'm but I'm, like, kind of... And, and it has... It's... Uh, it's um, there's perforations in one of them and it's like wavy and there's, you know, so they're getting, they're getting worse, but they've lasted 20 years fairly well. <laughs> mm. Right. Um, so, I mean, I think it's important for, you know, our listeners to know what these devastating so-called orthodontic treatments can do. So I know you've mentioned your symptoms already, but like in the summary, could you describe the most ones that causing you the most trouble or damage or pain. Like what is your state today? You know, yeah. like uh, yeah. a kind of, uh, right now. because you've had a horrible journey, obviously, but uh, like, what is your state today? And like, what are some physical and mental symptoms you have? And like, what yeah. limitations does that bring? Um, I, I wouldn't even call myself myself anymore. That's how far. Would you class yourself as disabled? Put it this way. I would. Right. I would, because I mean, my quality of life is completely in the negative. I'm just surviving. That's it. There's no like, I can say I have hopes and dreams, but technically they don't belong to this, this being, they belong to who I was and I haven't let them go. But, um, I wasn't able to go to grad school. You know, I wasn't able to build a career like that. Um, I wasn't able to start a family. I wasn't, um, it's just pain. It's just, pain 24 7 so mm. um you know when it hurts to just swallow and i think what do you swallow like two thousand times a day they say mm. yeah it's like uh you're just i just don't feel like i'm anatomically human anymore if that makes sense yeah yeah i'm um, sure i'm sure many people can relate yeah yeah so it's just been there's been a lot of pretending to be myself and I think I've finally given up on even doing that. But I'll tell my friends, I'll be like, some days I'm like, I think I might just call it quits. That's how painful it is. But I'll tell my friends, I'm like, can you guys please just remember the real me <laughs> before this? So you um, still experience uh, uh, pain every day? Like what, what pain is this though? I get, so if I, 
after eating my entire face and like the back of my ears and all, everything will just burn for at least about three hours. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, my neck, you know, all right. of that. Uh, and also, like, do you have? I'm sure because with your bite, I can only imagine because I've, I've I've lived through that where I'm sure it's difficult for you to chew, isn't it? Especially hard foods and yes. things like that. I might chew like once or twice, and then I just swallow. Yeah, okay. <laughs> which is like not great for your digestion either. It's just yeah. a whole, you know, it's a domino effect. This is the end of part one of Ari's story. To hear part two, listen to episode number five of our podcast.